A podcast where we go one-on-one with fiction creators, such as authors, filmmakers, actors, songwriters, and more. Each episode, we get the inside scoop on our guests' creative process, the ups and downs of their industries, and our guests also give out tips and tricks that help them become successful. And now, let's jump into the episode with your host, Chris C.L. Lowry. All right, all right, all right. You are tuned into the Fiction Addiction Podcast. My next guest is an amazing talent. She is an author. She is a playwright. She is a filmmaker. She is a licensed cosmetologist. She is a mother, a grandmother, and she is also a Philly native from my city. Ladies and gentlemen, Caramel Jones. What is going on, Caramel? Hey, hey, good evening. What's going on? Thanks for having me here. All right. Thanks for being here. So as you know, we jump right into it on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Straight to you. Straight. Uh, we start off with straight facts about you. So let's dive into the name. Caramel Jones is your pen name, right? Yes, that is correct. That is my pen name. All right. So what is, tell us about the pen name. Where did where did it come from? Was it, yeah, so was, was it something you already knew or was it, did you have a list of names and that was the one that made it out? Um, no, I didn't have a list of names. I just picked that because uh, I guess, I don't know, the color on my skin, the color on my eyes, it's a pretty brown color. So I figured I would just go with something like that. Came up with caramel, changed the spelling. I like double letters. My name has double letters in it. So I figured I would make caramel with double letters in it too. Double A's, double L's. <laughs> <laughs> so when did your writing journey begin? Um, my writing journey began, I want to say, uh, 2000, the end of 2012, going into 2013. Um, I had a, a change in my career, a job I had been at for 10 years. It was a change in management. I wasn't getting along with my current, say, supervisor, even though that person wasn't my current supervisor. And it was just the whole atmosphere was changing. So I made a career change. And with making that career change, I took a job that was paying me less than what I was making at my previous job. And it kind of stressed me out. I was trying to figure out how I was going to make things work out. But I just got married trying to take care of two households. So it was like pressure on me. And and one morning I just woke up like, I have a story and maybe I should try to write it. And mm. that's where it started. It just came out of the clear blue. I've never written anything in my life prior to 2012. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so um, being in that moment, uh, like you said, it was a lot going on in your life. Uh, what role did writing play? Was it was it an outlet? Was it something you wanted to pursue as a career? Was it both? Like, which one was it for you? For me, it was just it was an outlet. It was, um, I guess, it was it was an outlet, and it was also, I think, something personal for me because I have a tendency 
to start things and go with it, but don't follow through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I do mm-hmm. it just for whatever the purpose is and then that's it and I just leave it alone and walk away. And for some reason with this, I didn't have, that feeling didn't come over me. It was like, okay, like I want to keep doing this and it felt easy and I felt relaxed and it felt like that's, this is what I should be doing. So mm. here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you're back, so you're back on on that journey, you're getting started writing. Um, things are coming together. Obviously, your story is coming together. What was the next move? What was the thing you did next to uh, take it to the next level? You know what I mean? What was your mindset at that point? So my mindset at that point, it was um, like, what do I want to do with this after I write it? And I was lucky through my journey and still through my journey, I have amazing support from my family and my friends. And not only do I have their support, I had their honesty. So when I started writing the story and it was Twisted Dreams that I started, that was the, that's the first book I wrote. And oh, you know, I sent the email. Right. Well, it was the first book I wrote, but not the first book I self-published. Okay. So after I finished Twisted Dreams, and I used to email my girlfriends every morning, you know, like, what y'all think about this? And they would respond back, and they'd be like, uh, yeah, this is good, so what are we doing with it? So once Twisted Dreams was done, I was scared to put it out. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, let me come up with something else and put that out and see how people respond to it before I give them this, because Twisted Dreams is like my baby. Like, I... I wrote day and night at work on my break in the dark, like whatever, until I I got it done. I had to get all those thoughts and ideas out of my head. So I wrote a book called The Neighbor when they want more than just sugar. So I wrote that in seven (laughs) days. (laughs) I did that in seven days. And that was part of a challenge um, from some group I was following on Facebook. It was like, what kind of story idea could you come up with in seven days? And in seven days, I came up with that. And after I wrote it, I had a ladies' night with my girlfriend. I printed it out, and I gave it to them. Everybody read a chapter, and it was like, you should publish this. So I'm like, mm. okay. I was like, but it's 15 of y'all, so that's only 15 sales I got. They was like, no, I guarantee you people will read this. <laughs> so... You know, with the help of my friends and my family and my husband, who was really great, because in the middle of the night, I'd be like, can you read this? He'd be like, I got to get up to work in two hours. Like, what do you want me to read? You know, so, yeah. So after, you know, went through all that, even though it wasn't perfect, after I I self-published it, I got it printed or whatever, I had a... um, a book signing. I had a great turnout. All my friends came out and supported me. Um, I think I had ordered like 300 books. And from just the the book, you know, doing that little book signing, I think I got rid of half of them. And then from that, Man. just doing that book signing, right, the word of mouth, people That's was crazy. calling me. <laughs> yeah. 
calling me like, yo, you still got books left? Like, I'm like, yeah, I got them in the trunk of my car. Absolutely. I will bring you one. You know, I sold them for $10 and then it was like, okay, so now what? Now what you going to give us? And then mm. here comes Twisted Dreams. So that's, so how did you plan your, your launch party? Like, what was the vision for it? And, and how did it come together? So, um, for when I did a large party for um, the neighbor, I was just trying to figure out where I was going to have it. And me, I'm always thinking, like, if I go to an event, I want to be able to have somewhere to park. I don't want to have to, you know, usually you don't want to have to pay for parking. And if you do, you don't want to have to pay that much. And then you don't want to have to park 20 blocks away and then have to walk 20 blocks to whatever the event you're going to. So, right. I took all that stuff into consideration and I thought about the people who didn't have cars. So make it accessible to everybody. So I wind up having it uh, at scooters, which I don't know what they call it now, right there on 38th Street. Yeah. So I had it there. Um, a girlfriend of mine knew uh, the bartender in there that at the time was like running it. And they just let me have it for that Sunday. You know, like I was the only one there. It was a few people that came in. I guess those people was regular, was whatever. They bought books, so I didn't care. So. Oh, damn. <laughs> right. So that was pretty much it. It was just making sure. I was more so worried about the people who were coming, making it easy or convenient for them so it wouldn't be stressful. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. That was pretty much it. Everybody chipped in. My girlfriend's <laughs> bought little food. Um, one of my cousins who bakes really good, she made me cupcakes. Um, my kids, like everybody just chipped in wherever they needed to chip in at. And it was like, all right, great. Thank y'all. Like, and that was it. <laughs> we just made a night of right. it. <laughs> That's what's up. So you mentioned your support system. What was... Mm -hmm everyone's initial reaction when you first told them that you were going to be like an author, you know what I mean? Like when they first found out, like this was going to be your legitimate hustle and like, what was their first reaction? So initially when I sent out the email, you know, I got like, everybody was sending me little crazy emojis. Like what? So <laughs> what's your story about? And then when I sent them the storyline, one of my girlfriends was like, you know, this is, this can't be real in real life. I'm like, it's my book. It can be anything I want it to be. And he was like, yeah. okay. Right. So I was <laughs> like, okay. Oh, and it was more so them encouraging me to follow through with it because I was scared. Mm. You know what I mean? The biggest thing for me is rejection. And I want to say, mm -hmm. Being rejected and just, just trying to please everybody. And through this journey, I've learned that I don't have to please nobody but myself. You know what I'm right. saying? So either you're going to like it or you're not. Because if you don't like it, it's going to be three other people over here that will like it. So it's cool. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate your support, but I'm going to keep it moving. It's not going <laughs> to now, it's not going to make me or break me as to where it would have years ago. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, so I've grown a lot. Like I've grown a lot through this process. So you mentioned your support system, and I think that's very important. And I don't, I don't think people understand um, how much support goes. Like it, 
it, it makes or breaks people sometimes. How important mm-hmm. was that to have for this journey? It was, it was very important for me because I felt like their support, my family, my friends, it made me have the confidence to continue. And people was like, oh, your family and friends ain't going to tell you the truth. Unfortunately, not mine. My family and friends <laughs> will. You know, my baby, she's 17 now. But when I started out on this process, she was, I think, 15, 14, 15. And, you know, some nights I'd be at the computer and I'd be typing and then I'll turn around and say to her, how did this sound? She'd be like, no, mom, no, that don't that don't sound right. <laughs> and I'd be like, OK. And then she'll give me her suggestion. And then I'll look at her I'm like, what do you know? You don't know nothing. But OK, I'll take that suggestion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So and oh, my yeah. older kids. Yeah. My husband, like. My mom, you know, my mom would be like, mm, I don't I don't think so, but you can ask somebody else, but I don't think so. And it's like, okay, mom, all right. And then I would ask somebody and they'd be like, mm, no. And I'd be like, oh, all right, then. well, okay. And then, you know, I'll switch it around or whatever, and they'd be like, okay, that makes more sense. That flows more better. That keeps my interest. Cool. Mm. So, yeah, my support system is everything, and they're honest. Like, not brutally honest, but honest enough for me to know and make a decision as to whether I'm going to keep what I got or am I going to change it. Right. So you mentioned also you mentioned something very, 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 very important, especially now in t- today's world with um, especially authors and so many people so hooked on Kindles and ebooks and not really focusing on physical books you said you were popping things out the trunk of the car um absolutely i I think that's something you can't teach i think that's the hustler mentality everybody don't have that now why was that important for you to have it because like you said somebody called you and you was like oh yeah i got it right now what you need where you at you know what i mean so how how was that and i relate that to the old school music like the cds and people talking about you got celebrities like dj Khaled, rick ross they were talking about the same type of mentality like hustling out the back of the car um, went right on deck. How important was it to have that type of hustling mentality um, being an author? Well, let me say this. I am not, I don't have that hustle mentality, but what made me do that to have them on hand was because I don't like to wait for anything. So mm. I need that instant gratification. So I know there are other people in this world, such as myself, that want it right now. They don't want to wait. They don't want to order it offline and wait for it to come. You need it physically in your hand. So that was my mindset when I thought of that, having them one hand in the trunk of my car driving around. <laughs> <laughs> so when you first started, you uh, released The Neighbor First? Yes. Um, what was, was it always your goal to self-publish or did you... Uh, Think about doing the traditional publishing, some of the uh, small, maybe smaller publishing. What was it? What was the mindset in terms of your publishing and where you wanted to go from the beginning? Well, I did look into, um, you know, traditional publishing, but I was reading and I was like, yo, this is a lot for me. I don't know if I'm, if I'm built for that mentally or physically, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't sure where I was going to go with it. And then I read an article on self-publishing where you pretty much are in control of everything. You know what I mean? You don't have anybody coming in, changing your mind, changing your story to make it fit whatever mold they need it to fit into. 
Right. So right. that's why I went the self-publishing route. Now, I will say this. When I was ready to put Twisted Dreams out, I I learned a, a big a big lesson in what people portray themselves to be that they're really not. So I figured mm, I, like, I want to publish it. Yeah, I want to publish it and I want it to be big and I want it to be right. Because I knew with the neighbor, you know, family and friends helping is cool. But if we all know the story, we're going to miss stuff. And that's what happened. So that's what I was saying. It wasn't perfect, but it was a good story. And people still supported me. So I figured if I'm going to do this, I must do this right. So I knew that I didn't want to do traditional, but I did want to be under somebody who actually done it before. So I had friends who knew people, a couple of authors from Philly, reached out to them, was like, hey, my girlfriend's trying to start out. You think you can help her out, give her some, you know, insight, send her in the right direction. You know, I had one person from Philly tell me, oh, you just need to Google everything. And I'm like, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, you just need, <laughs> yeah, you, you need to read. Okay, but you don't have anything to share with me, nothing to tell me? Oh, mm-hmm. no. I, oh, that's all I can tell you to do. You just got to read. You got to do your research. Oh, okay. You're right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for your help. And it was like, what? Really? Like, like I don't understand. Like, what I write and what you write wouldn't even be the same thing. We're not even in the same arena. But just the fact that you want to give me the cold shoulder, why? <laughs> like, mm. yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm off of that. So then I reached out to a family friend that knew some people from Atlanta. I was like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do with my book. I said, I see you friends with this person. How legit are they? Person had a couple of books. Checked out their page on Facebook. They seemed cool. So that process, I want to say, started in the summer of 2013. My book didn't get released until, wait, what's this? 2020, 2019. I want to say 2018. Mm. Yeah, $5,000 later. Oh, wait. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Reverse, 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 reverse. <laughs> Listen. You, you, you paid somebody $5,000 to publish your book? I paid somebody $5,000 to publish my book. So let's just say this. So when I had the conversation with the person, they seemed legit on the up and up. I was like, this person got a slew of books. They on Amazon. They all got five stars. Boom, boom, boom. Read up on their bio. They seem cool. They reputable. They know what they're talking about. What they offer me is less than half of what it will cost to try to do this all on my own. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to go with that. Send me your manuscript. Send you the manuscript. All right, I got an editor looking at it. Okay, cool. I sent it to them August. December rolls around. 2013. I'm like, how's it going? What's going on? Uh, um, I'm checking with the editor now. Are you ready to do these interviews? Like, it was a whole thing. So they was supposed to edit my manuscript, um, format, you know, all that stuff that goes along with it. Do my cover for my book. In the meantime, help me get on 
you know, do interviews, be on this little person's talk show, on a radio that they know, you know, different little stuff to help promote the book. So promotion was supposed to have been included with that. Okay. So that was December 2013. So then we moved forward some more. Now it is, I want to say 2016. Yo, what's going on with the editing? Damn, um, three years yeah. later. Three years later. Oh, the editor, she was in a bad car accident. Okay, hold it. I understand that, but it, my, it should be done at this point. Oh, you know, it's a lot. You know, you was new at this. So it's a whole lot of stuff they got to do. So now at this point, I'm online and I'm Googling and I'm on Facebook checking out stuff to see how much editing really costs and how that plays out. So after I did my little research on that, I'm like, okay, so he might be telling me the truth as to what's going on with this because it does seem like it's a lot of work. It's detailed. But now we get into the end. So it's to get my cover together. So I told him what I wanted for my cover. Then he sends me back this cover that looked like some shit for living color. I was like, oh, that's not what I want. That's, that's not what I want. Okay, we don't understand what you need. So I went on Shutterstock, <laughs> gathered all the pictures together, got to my computer, went into Word, and merged them and made them look the way I wanted it to look, and then I sent it to him. But then you charged me $150 to do a cover that I did myself. You right. Damn. Yeah, so when I, look, by the time this was done and over with, I was so annoyed that I was ready to drive to Atlanta, all of us in my car, and go get this person. <laughs> oh, like, wait, see, people don't, people don't understand that, that, that moment right there. You're talking about a bunch of Philly people. Yes, <laughs> like what? Hopping down to Atlanta. You know, oh. When I say, I, if this... <laughs> but what I want to say from that is that it was a learning experience for me. And then through the process, I want to say I made, met some great, great people. I met a girl that he finally gave it to to edit and then was like, um, you know, he kind of was pulling the wool over her eyes about what was needed. And I can tell from mm -hmm. our conversations. So I was like, yo, I need you to call me. So when she called me, I told her, I was like, I don't know how cool you are with this person. She's like, I'm not. He was referred to me by somebody else. So I laid it all out for her. I said, this is what it is. I said, whatever he's paying you, I want you to get your money. I said, but it's more to this book. I said, I got three more books coming out of this. I was like, so if you on board with me, then we can be good after this, after we deal with him. And she's been in my corner ever since. Like I can really? send her an email, call her and be like, I need your help with this. What do you think about this? And she's also a writer too. So, I mean, even though it was, it was traumatic for me and it hurt me, you know what I'm saying? That I trusted somebody, not only did I trust you, but we, we come from the same, like, it wasn't like you was a other and you did me uh, dirty. Your you, own people you, doing it. You all my people's doing me dirty. Like, right. really? Like, so that kind of defeated me, you know. Then my husband was like, look, you can't let it defeat you. He said, it's a learning process. He said, it's an expensive one, but now you know moving forward. He said, and you can use that to let other people know not to get scanned and not to get suckered in by people who, because they wrote a few books, now they call themselves a book publisher. Right. I was like, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, so now... So were you I'm, able my, to... 
recoup anything from that? Uh, I don't know if you filed a suit against him. Like, what was the? Uh, I thought about it. I really, I really did. I thought about it, but I was like, I don't, I don't want to waste my energy on that person because I believe in karma for sure. You know what I'm saying? So what goes oh, around yeah. comes around. You may not get it the way you dished it out to somebody, but you definitely gonna get that back. Right. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? And I just took it on the chin and I just moved on. But the, the, this is what got me at the end, though. So it was time to print my books. So the person was like, yeah, so I need you to send me more money to print your books because I'm going to do them on creative space. On top of the 5000 On top of the 5000 I said on creative space. I was like, no, I'm cool. I got my own account on creative space and I will print my own books. Right. Exactly. Send me my stuff and we done. Like, what? Did you out your mind? He was like, he was like, well, you uh, you don't know what it is that a publisher got to do. I was like, look, dig this. I said, first of all, we don't even have a contract. I was like, so we don't have nothing written in paper, so I can do what I want to do. I said, just take this as a win for you. Oh, I don't be letting nobody talk to me like that. I'm from New York. I said, and I'm from Philly. I said, so you figure it out. Right. <laughs> I said, you got that, like. I was like, don't talk to me. I said, I'm nice and I'm sweet, you know, and I don't let a lot of things, I don't let a lot of people see me get ruffled. I said, but what you're not going to do is think that you're going to continue to get over on me. I said, you got this one and that's cool, but you're not getting another dime out of me. And I ain't heard from the four cents. Yeah. I bet. So my question, my question to you regarding that situation is, how did you get through? What stopped you from giving up? Because I know some people would have been done with this industry, would have been everything. Because because it's snakes. Is it snakes out here? It's a bunch of people yeah. that prey on people in this industry, uh, in every aspect: promoters, publishers, fake editors. Fake illustrators. Mm -hmm. um, it's so many snakes in this game. So what stopped you from giving up? Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I go back again to my family and my support system, and then the people who I met along the way with this process. You know, and they they read Twisted Dreams. Like the girl who did my editing, she was like, "Yo, this story is so dope." She was like, "How much more you got for this?" I said, "I got two more books worth." She was like, yo, she said, it's not your normal everyday story. She said, you know, everybody writes about uh, somebody selling drugs and a girl being mm -hmm. a stripper and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> she said, your book is, she said, it's totally the opposite. But she said, the drama is there. She's like, and that's what's going to pull them in. Because I was like, I don't think I want to do book two. She was like, you got to do book two. You know what I mean? My family was like, you can't let this one instance stop you because if this is what you really want to do you just got to be prepared for the bumps in the road and who knows this might be just the biggest bump and it may be good from here so i was like oh all right you know so reluctantly i kept going you know <laughs> then <laughs> and then you know then here i am so yeah <laughs> so for, for obviously every time we 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 jump on the podcast with somebody. We always talk about the young, uh, new writers out there. From the lesson you learned, um, what tip, what piece of advice would you give them 
to help them avoid uh, dealing with a scammer or somebody? I would say this, just do your research on people and just know that you don't have to get everything from one person. You can have somebody edit your book. You know what I'm saying? And you can have somebody do your cover and then you can find somebody to print your books. You don't have to rely on one person to do everything because that one person guaranteed is going to fall short somewhere. So if you know somebody that can edit, let that person edit. If you know somebody that's a graphic designer, go with that person. Go with your gut. If you go with your gut and follow your first, the, the first feeling you get, you'll be cool. You, you won't steer your own self wrong. That's what I, that's what I was saying. Because if I did that, I would be $5,000 richer right now, or that money would have went somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. Hell, hell yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that um, Twisted Dreams was the first book you completed, but you didn't put it out because uh, you weren't ready. What, what made you push it back? What made you push back the release to make sure it was, uh, I guess, perfect for you? the release well it wasn't so much that the perfect part is just i guess acceptance you know what i mean you when you do something for me that was that was something big that was major mm -hmm. and i don't like doing this interview this is way out of my normal scope like way out of it but i've i've gotten better because i've done a few before this one but i'm shy i'm the behind the scenes person I can do everything behind the scenes and be cool with that. I don't like to be front and center. So that was a, a, a big fear right there to be front and center. And then you front and center and then you fail. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. On a big scale. So I figured if I do something on a small scale with the neighbor, then it was like, okay, cool. And then it helped me build up my self-confidence. But even with Twisted Dreams, Twisted Dreams wasn't perfect when it first came out because it was so much back and forth with the editing between me and the girl who was doing the editing and then back and forth with the so-called publisher that when it finally got, when it was finally time for it to be, you know, to be printed, I didn't review it because I was just like, oh my God, I just want it out. Like mm -hmm. I've been telling everybody about it. I'm tired of people asking me, when is it coming? I'm tired of putting up these posts. And then underneath, people's like, well, where is it at? It's been a long time. Like, we ready. And I just put it out. Now, it definitely was not perfect. I think it might have been worse than a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> as, far, as far as the editing go. But even right. with that being said, people still was like, when is book two coming? Like when, mm. when we going to find out what happened. So that right there made me feel, made me feel good. I was like, oh, okay. They didn't, it wasn't perfect, but they still want more. more so yeah, hell yeah. that made, that made me strive to make sure that book two was perfect. Absolutely perfect before I put it out. And then I had someone tell me that when you write, and edit people edit for you you have to understand nothing is going to be perfect because oh yeah definitely yeah you have to just know that that there are going to be sometimes some errors or something that gets missed because you got to remember this person that's editing for you along with you knows the story like the back of their hand 
like you do. Mm-hmm. So some stuff is going to get missed. So I had to reel myself back in because book two took forever to come. And I was like, listen, this is, you missed a whole word right there. It's like, what? Can you fix that? And <laughs> like for a minute, I thought she had blocked me, blocked my calls. I'm like, yo, we, I'm sending you this. Do you see this? Do you see this? Like, yeah. Right, so, right. <laughs> yeah. And look, it's crazy because I just read, I just put Twisted Dreams one back out again in anticipation for the film I got coming up. Mm-hmm. The film short for Twisted Dreams. How about a whole chapter was missing out of Twisted Dreams one? A whole chapter. Oh, when it was released before, it was, it was missing a whole chapter? Right. When it was released the first time, a whole chapter was missing. And I caught it the second Damn. time going through. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Yes, I'm like, this was an important chapter. I said, nobody said anything. I guess they were right. just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Crazy. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of the Fiction Addiction Podcast by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. So speaking of Twisted Dreams, um, definitely, 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 definitely a dope book. Definitely the storyline. Um, see, I had the pleasure and I appreciate the opportunity from you. Um, I had the pleasure of working on you, working with you uh, on a film aspect of it, uh, transitioning from the book to the film. But so I mm-hmm. kind of went backwards, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Some most people read the book first <laughs> and then see the film. So I kind of got the, a little bit of the story first, uh, working with you on the film, mm-hmm. and then coming back and reading it. And it's just like it's deep, it's crazy. I don't know. It's it's weird. It hit it hit differently. You know what I mean? And I guess that's that's right. the importance of books because books uh, definitely have a, more of an impact for people who enjoy reading uh, than um, the visuals would. But I want to start off by Shatia characters, Greg, April. Um, I want to start off by breaking down your characters. And uh, one thing I love and one thing you also mentioned earlier was you don't have the drug dealer. You don't have the stripper. You have two successful black people. <laughs> How important was that to put in your story uh, for your characters and why? It was important for me because we we are, us as a culture, as a race, we are so diverse. We have so many facets to us. And I feel like why should one facet of us always be portrayed? Why can't we be successful like the others? Own businesses, luxury cars, fancy clothes, go to the best schools, the best colleges. Why can't we be portrayed like that in a positive Mm -hmm. light and still have some drama on the back end? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for me... That was important. And then also, I mean, I grew up, was it the 80s? I grew up in the 80s. So you know what was going on in the 80s from <laughs> this end of the city to the other end of the city. Right, right. So <laughs> even though I was surrounded by that, I didn't grow up in that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. My mom and dad went to work every day. You know what I mean? My grandma worked every day. My grandma worked until she was almost 70. So I grew up around people that got up every morning to go make their money, came home at night, cooked dinner, helped us with homework, and then put us to bed and got back up and did it all over again. You know what I mean? So I can I can only write about what I actually know. Now I seen, you know, the other things in the street, but to be involved in it and write it to me, to make it authentic, I didn't wanna I didn't wanna try it. I didn't. Because I didn't want it to be like, what? Like I don't think it happened like that. So I wanted to write about something that I knew I can write authentically and make you close your eyes and be able to see it how I'm mm-hmm. writing it and believe it. So yeah. So this story, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give too much away in terms of spoilers, but it's deep. It's a definitely a good story. Definitely a good uh, plot. If the flow is 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 spot on, you know what I mean. You feel like from even from the beginning, you start off with the main characters and in their lives, and you feel like you're there. You know what I mean? You feel like when, they, when they're talking to their friends, you feel like you're right there in the room listening to the conversation. Um, You had the opportunity to now create a short film based on this book. Uh, let me talk mm-hmm. about the first thing first. Well, let me ask you about the first thing first. Because this book was so detailed, um, what was that what was the thought process in terms of how to actually turn into a film? How did you actually get the opportunity to turn into a film? And what was the process of you deciding this is the book that I want to turn? Well, I always knew I wanted Twisted Dreams to be more than just a book. I always, that was, that was the end game in my head. Once I completed it, like this can be a movie. And then to hear other people say it, like when they say when they read this, they can picture what's going on in their head as they're reading. So to me, it was like, yes, this is definitely what it's going to be. I don't know how I was going to make it happen, <laughs> but that was to me my end game. <laughs> but then I was lucky enough to meet um, Shamika, who is a part of the Five Shorts Project at an event with another creative, um, Dion McCray. She was hosting this um, event called Coffees and Conversations, where, you know, local Philly talent, and I think it was basically for women, you know, to promote us and for us to meet other creatives such as ourselves. Um, I went to that event and Shamika was there. She was also a guest and she was talking about the Five Shorts Project. And I had my oldest daughter with me. And she was like, Mom, you need to talk to her. She said, that's how you're going to get your book to be a film. I was like, uh, okay. So I didn't say anything at first. So my daughter walked over to Shamika and introduced herself to Shamika and started telling Shamika about me. Walked over to Shamika and I talked to her. And she was talking about their, um, the project that they had coming up. I think it was season five. So I went to the red carpet premiere. I was only able to stay for half of it because I had to go to work that night. But what I saw, it was like, oh, I can do this. And this can be my my 
my start, my jump off to where I need to be or, and how I need to learn to go about it. So um, at that time, right after I met her, I was introduced to somebody to learn how to write a script. So because I was on this person's time and they were doing it out of the kindness of their heart, I had to wait on them to show me how to create and write a script. So I was in the meantime online, um, you know, watching YouTube, Googling stuff, um, pulling up, you know, scripts from movies and looking at it, the format one and try to teach myself how to do it. And then just so happened, Shamika had a class learning how to write your script. I was like, well, look at there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I signed up for the class. And then while we were in her class, she mentioned that she was going to do the play project, the theater, a five short theater project. And it would be the first time for it. You know, if we was interested, you know, give us her, give her our information and she would send us an email when it came out, you had to do submission. So I was like, the film is what I really want to do. I said, but we'll see this play thing, see how that works. I said, I don't think I have nobody to go on stage and do nothing. <laughs> so um, I had submitted my script for the play and, you know, she emailed me back and she was like, hey, I think this would work better for the film. She was like, so when the film project comes up, submit it for the film. And let's see what happens. I was like, oh, all right then. So I was kind of down. I was like, damn, I got my hopes all up. You know what I mean? Oh, so Twisted, so, um, so Twisted Dreams was going to be the play. You submitted it for the play. No, I didn't. I start, oh, I did submit it for the play, but I changed it. Because <laughs> I'm like, how am I, how would I make that a play? So I oh, did originally so submit it for the play. Right, I had a different idea when I came up with Secrets. So um, after uh, she told me not to be, you know, I wouldn't, she wanted me to wait and submit for the film. I was a little, you know, bummed out because I was excited. And then uh, some things changed in my life. I got, I got fired from my job, which was crazy, doing the right thing. And, I, you know, my job didn't see what I was doing as the right thing. So I was a casualty. And then I think the day after that happened, I got an email from Shamika that said, if you want to be in, if you want to submit your idea to the theater project, you can because we have an opening. I was mm. like, for real? I was like, how am I going to pay for these classes? I don't have no job now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> once again, my husband to the rescue, he was like, we'll figure it out, babe. He said, if you want to do it, do it. And I did it. And then the film came up and I was like, well, since I changed my idea and didn't submit that for the play, I'm going to su submit Twisted Dreams for the film. And I did. And I got picked. And here I am now producing <laughs> my first short film. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's so crazy because it's it's that's three totally different dynamics of writing. You know, in terms of mm -hmm. uh, a book, a script for a screenplay, and then a stage play. You know what I mean? For you, yeah. Which one do you like the most now, having done all three? <laughs> Hell, right. I don't know. I I think I like I like them all because 
I'm creating something. So I don't know what is I'm creating and telling a story, but I'm just telling it differently. Mm-hmm. With writing, I'm telling a story and you're reading it. With a play, I'm telling a story and you're watching it. And the same thing with a film. So it's three different ways for me to entertain people and give them a little insight into me. Those who don't know me. You right. know what I mean? So I don't know. So you you so you have your script. Um, shout out to Shamika, shout out to Five Shorts. You hook up with Five Shorts, you complete the script. How was it now being a filmmaker, being a director, putting everything together? Because like it is your story. It's something so dear to you. It's something that uh, you need to be on point. You need it to match. You need, it needs to have that same intensity the book has. How was that finding the right people for the film? And and how'd you do it? Well, yeah, so that was hard for me because in my head, I know what I want my characters, how my characters look. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot where people, you write a book, and then when it's made to a movie, the characters don't look or sound nothing like what was in your book. So that's what I, I didn't want. I was like, I want, I want people who come to see the short film to be able to be like, that's just what I thought Greg would look like. Oh, that's how I thought April would look. You know what I mean? Yeah, hell yeah. Don't want them to be like, that's not what I pictured. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> It was <laughs> it was hard for me in my head because I already had knew what I wanted them to look like. So on some of my characters, I already had like so for Twisted Dreams, Salim and Santana. Salim and Santana are identical twins, but it's a boy and a girl. So I already knew who was going to play that part. So I didn't have to look for those characters when we did our auditions because I already knew I was going to have my brother and my daughter play those parts because they look so much alike anyway. And it will be believable that they was twins. As far as the rest of the characters go, I just was praying that whoever came in for these casting calls, that they would be perfect. Not only would they look like the character I wanted, but also sounded and had the demeanor of the characters from my book. And I lucked up. So explain, uh, break down that moment of, of the casting. Obviously, it's your first time. Um casting for a film how how was that uh seeing um people come in and basically audition for something you created i didn't hear the first part where you was breaking out what you say oh i said how break down that moment when uh you get to the auditions you're having the casting and you're seeing people come in and basically audition for something you created so that was exciting for me <laughs> um, well, our very first casting call, I found um, the young lady that plays April. Like, she didn't even audition. Well, she did audition, but before she auditioned, she came in with her sister, who was also n- another um, film producer. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, I hope she's coming to audition. I said, because she's April. Like, she's April. Mm-hmm. And then when she got up there and she... Um, she did a monologue. I was like, oh, my God. So I'm looking down at everybody else, and everybody else is looking at her, too. So I'm like, <laughs> they, can, they can forget it. They can forget it because she's mine. So after she got done, I was like, um, 
I said, can you want to be in my film? <laughs> I was like, can you read this? So I gave her the script and I let her read it. Everybody's looking at me like, well, dang, did you let her breathe? Mm-mm, no, <laughs> because I'm going to take her. Y'all can't have her. <laughs> oh, wait. So everybody did their, 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 the casting for their own films at the same time? Yes. Shamika set up casting crosswords all together. Yes. <laughs> and so how ultimate, ultimately, how are the people chosen? So if you want somebody and somebody else wants the same person, like how do you pick which film they're going to do? Well, what happened was we have a couple of people um, right now that's um, in each other's films. So you just pretty much we sat down and we talked like, you know, I'm definitely going to need you to be available X, Y, Z days. Do you think you can? So basically, if the actor is willing to work more than one project and it doesn't interfere, then every pipe was pretty much okay with that. Mm. So, yeah. So, like, even with the play, we shared a lot of actors with the play. I didn't share nobody because I had my own people. I wasn't sharing my people. <laughs> <laughs> my, my actors is my actors. Please go get your own. They can fill in. They can be extras, but no major roles. But, like, no. I was lucky that, that way, you know, that the, everybody was able to find other people and not have to use my people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you mentioned... You, you mentioned uh, you mentioned that your daughter and, and, and brother, you already knew that you wanted them to play the roles uh, for Salim and uh, Santana. What was the reaction mm-hmm. once you broke the news to them? Like, you know what I mean? Because. <laughs> <laughs> well, my daughter was like, my daughter was like, are you sure, mommy? I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, mommy, you know, I don't know how to act. I was like, it's film. You'll be fine. We'll do a bunch of takes. She was like, okay, whatever you want me to do, mom. And, you know, my brother was like, are you just telling me? Yes, I'm just telling you. <laughs> oh, you wasn't right, asking. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, all right, I got to fit it into my schedule. I got to see. Because at first he was complaining. He told me, well, I only got three lines. That's going to be easy. I'm like, okay. And then when we get on set, then it's like, uh, uh. Like, what do you mean? You got three lines. What are you doing? So, yeah. So, they were pretty much on board. They was like, whatever you need us to do, we there for you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of the um, the ups and downs in terms of being a director that you weren't prepared for? Um, I guess with me, I guess working around other people's schedule and then people not being as accommodating as you are like i don't know i'm i'm pretty flexible and i maybe because it's my project because this is my baby so i'm going to do whatever i have to do to make myself available for it but i have to realize that other people may not have the same mindset or realize the importance of it as i do and I guess when they're not getting paid, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> mm, okay, don't push it, lady. You know, and it's crazy because me and my sister just had a um, a talk yesterday. She was talking me off the ledge because I was just getting ready to make some drastic decisions. And Shamika did too, talk me off the ledge. And I was like, I, I don't have the time. I'm ready to just be done. It's January. I still need time to edit. 
And then next thing you know, it's going to be time for the film to be done. And I'm not going to be ready. They was like, yo, take a breath. <laughs> it is only January. It's only January 8th. Like, you're going to be fine. Just relax. Just woo side. And it's like, oh, all right. And I don't know. I just, I get antsy. I don't like to wait till the last minute to do things. I just try to get everything done so that I can relax. Because I hate to be last minute and to be rushing. So, I don't know. It's just learning how to be, as a director, you just have to be patient. But then at some point, you have to be like, hey, okay, everybody needs to get it together because we want a time schedule. Like, we're in a time frame, and this needs to be done by this date. You know, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. hard. It's hard. <laughs> so, um, some, you got to bite your tongue. You got to bite your tongue. You can't be a bully. <laughs> <laughs> so... You got the so you you started working on the film, then you jump over to the plays, uh, secrets, which is what uh-huh. it was a dope, 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 dope play. Um, I truly enjoyed it uh, amongst the other ones, but they, it, that that was really dope. That was really um really put, well put together. The plot, the story, the presentation of it of it all um was well put together. What was how did you prepare for that moment? Because obviously that was brand new to you too. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. It was fun because <laughs> <laughs> my cast was great. They were they were really into it because originally it changed because as we were, as they were practicing. And I was listening to them say the words. I'm like, mm. like I don't want people walking away being like, well, what was the secret? What what was it? So I asked their opinions about it. And they was like, yeah, we don't, we get it, but we don't think that the audience will get it. So I want to say three weeks, four weeks, four weeks, right around Thanksgiving, I rewrote it. So what was presented on December 18th wasn't the original script for Secrets. Mm. <laughs> so I, they gave me some ideas. I brainstormed with the ideas that they gave me. After they left that night from when they came to my house to rehearse, after they left, I sat down and I rewrote the whole play in one night. <laughs> Damn, are you serious? Yep. So how how, how important is to everybody? Huh? How important is that uh, being flexible like that? Because obviously you saw the final product, um, and and it was a very good final product. So how important was that to be able to be that type of person to sit there and say, "All right, I'll take the suggestions and I'll change it." You know what I mean? Knowing now, looking back now, which made it uh, obviously what it was. I feel like it's very important because you, I mean, in this, you can't have thin skin. Your skin definitely has to be thick. You have to be able to take constructive criticism as a learning tool. And you have to understand when somebody is telling you something, they're not telling it to you to hurt you, you know what I mean? Or to bring you down. They're telling it to you 
to give you basically advice. Like, mm, I think you should try this because I don't think it's going to come across the way you want it to come across. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? And you either you take it or you won't leave it. And I'm the type of person, like, I listen to what people say because the way I see something and perceive it, you may not see it and perceive it the same way. So if you see it differently, that means somebody else is going to see it differently. And that's okay. But for me, I don't everybody I don't want people to be walking away from something and I do or I put out more confused than what they was when they, you know, started the process with me. Like, what? Like, I don't understand <laughs> what happened. Like, you just wasted this time out of my life and I, I didn't get it. Yeah. So I don't I wouldn't want that for anybody. So I definitely appreciate input and feedback from people. I break down the emotion you felt watching the play. I don't know. You know, I don't think it has quite hit me. Really? Like I was, <laughs> I was proud. Yeah. And it's crazy because it is, I don't think it has really hit me yet because I, I think because I still got so much going on that I haven't really taken a moment to be like, wow, I, I actually did that. And, you know, people perform something that I wrote. You know, I think uh, the biggest thing for me that I was a, a all moment was to watch my daughter on stage. You know what I mean? In her element, something, doing something that she didn't think she could do. And she was just so natural at it. Like, it just looked like she was just, just being herself. Mm-hmm. I think that was a, a big thing for me. And maybe that was the reason why, I don't know, maybe it has it. It didn't sink in the moment for me because I was just so proud of her. But honestly, I mean, it really, I don't know. I haven't had like a real moment yet. Like sometimes I get filled up. Like I'm like, oh my God, like I'm going to bust out in the tears and then it just goes away. So I'm like, well, maybe it's not time yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I'm, I, it's like a surreal moment. But then it's like, it's like I'm watching somebody else. Mm. do it like I I don't know I don't know I think probably after what everything is over I don't know probably one day I'll be sitting somewhere and just have a whole breakdown and be like, oh my God, I'm playing, <laughs> yeah and hopefully if it happens I'm at home so nobody in the street will think I'm going crazy right. like, what the hell wrong with her <laughs> yes right so yeah so I don't know it's I'm, it's a good feeling, but like I said, it, I haven't, I guess I haven't grasped like the fullness of it. So what about, what about doing it again, all over again? What about directing a film? What about uh, writing another play? Can you see yourself doing either of those again? Yes. Yes. My goal with, um, so one of the things that came up when we were, uh, practicing with the play they suggested that i write a musical a play a musical play Mm. (laughs) i'm like really they was like yeah and we'll act in it so that's like running around in the back of my head like "Mm, maybe i should try it and see what would happen but for twisted dreams doing this short film is to me well what it is is going to be my start because eventually 
I want to make this a series to be on Netflix, but I'm starting going to start small and I'm going to try to create a web series mm. based around Twisted Dreams and then see where I go from there. Because I think outside of my hood and my people, that people would really enjoy it, that they would embrace it. Like it would be, it would be dope. Yeah, hell yeah. So what is next for Kale Mel Jones? Whew. Well, right now I'm trying to finish Twisted Dreams 3. Mm. Um, wrap up my film for the um, Five Shorts project. Um, I got, you know, I have some ideas, some things I'm playing around. I have a couple of um, stories that I have written that I can't figure out if I want to go ahead and turn them into maybe plays or make them short films or just go ahead and leave them as books, still write them out as books and later on decide to do something with them. I don't know. This is I got so many thoughts and so many ideas of what I want to do. I feel like I just need to finish the projects that I've started and gradually go into the ones that I have sitting on the sideline. And so uh, Twisted Dreams, uh, your book. So you mentioned that you're working on number three now in the series. Did you always know it was going to be a series or is it something that's uh, you just creating it? It's flowing and it's just creating itself. Yeah, it's just creating itself because originally when I wrote what I thought was book one, it was so much that they was like, this can be two books. Like, yeah, it only needs to be 60,000 words. And I think I had way more than that. Mm. So the original Twisted Dreams one got cut. So that's made it book two. But what I had for book two had to become book three. So in my mind right now, and which I hope you don't think I'm crazy, I'm telling my characters, like, this is it. So don't be trying to do anything different <laughs> because once <laughs> once I finish writing three, this is going to be it. So I have to just keep reminding myself of that. I don't know if it's going to happen because like right now I've been writing, but I haven't been doing that much writing because I'm working on other things. But I'm afraid that once I get back to writing and get back into the flow, more is going to possibly come out of it. Which will be good because it doesn't necessarily have to stop as the book. I can always take that content and use it for my series that I want to create. Mm, so, dope. But, but yeah, but I think three is going to be it. <laughs> you think so? I think so. <laughs> so, we about to jump into the lightning round game of our podcast, uh -oh. uh, which is. Um, I ask you two things. It's simple. I ask you two things. You got to pick one. You got 30 seconds. Let me set my timer um, <laughs> to answer as many as you can. And then, um, boom, that'd be it. Well, no judgment? No, no, ju well, <laughs> no judgment from over here, but one of them, might, I can't make no promises. <laughs> Is anybody else going to judge? No, it's good, though. It's just simple. <laughs> um, It'd be like, Caramel Jones, what the shit is to the left? No, no, it's good. It, it's simple, 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 uh, simple question. Just either or. All right, you re let me know when you're ready. 
I'm ready. Right. So Windows or Mac? Windows? <laughs> Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Rap or R and B? R and B. Physical books or ebooks? Physical books. Texting or talking? Talking. Tea or coffee? Hmm. Coffee right now in my life. <laughs> Michael Jordan or Michael B. Jordan? Hmm. I'm going with Michael Jordan. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 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 That was like 47 seconds, but you get. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I don't, you got to deal with Michael Michael Jordan. You want to deal with that judgment from everybody? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you. Let everybody know where they can get in contact with you, where they can get your books at. And where they can um, reach out to you on social media, all your social media. Um, so Caramel Jones on um, Caramel underscore Arthur Jones on Instagram. I'm just Caramel Jones on Facebook. Um, my books are on Amazon and also in the trunk of my car. So you can DM me or send me a message on Facebook if you want a book in your hand, signed, autographed. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. We appreciate you, Caramel Jones. Thank you for interviewing with us, and uh, we thank, appreciate it. Thank you for having me and help me come out of my shell to be on your show. I appreciate you. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Make sure you visit fictionaddictionpodcast.com for links on everything we talked about today, as well as awesome resources, additional tips, and fiction addiction merchandise.